For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bible with me to 2 Kings chapter number 2 and verse number 8. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 8. As we're going to look at Elijah, and I want a double portion. Isn't it exciting when you get double of something, double dessert, uh, double whatever it is, but Elijah wanted double what Elijah had, a double portion. Look with me now in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 8. And the Bible says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken away from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it shall come to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and a horse of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And went back and stood by the banks of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he also had smitten the waters. They parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. Do you notice how Elijah went to heaven? That God sent horses made of fire, a chariot made of fire. In the midst of a whirlwind, does roll down, scoop up Elijah and that chariot of fire and carry him off to heaven. Man, what a glorious way to go, huh? What a way to go to heaven. He didn't die. He went right on to heaven in a chariot made of fire, horses made of fire, pulling him up in the whirlwind right on to heaven. But who's to say that doesn't happen? In our own life, you know, once we die, our body doesn't go to heaven. Elijah didn't die. He went on to heaven. 
but our bodies left on earth, but our spirit, I don't know. God might send a, a chariot down to get us. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I just know we're going to get there. Amen. If you're saved, if you're born again, if you're washing the blood, but what a way to go. A chariot and horses made of fire, scooped down and picked him up and took him on to heaven. And he, as he was leaving, he let that mantle go and it floated down to Elijah and Elijah picked it up and put it on him. And he even parted the waters with it. He smacked the waters with it, the Bible says. And it's almost like, it's almost like he was calling God out, like, where are you? In verse 14, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Maybe that was just his test. Maybe he felt like, you know what? My mentor, my spiritual mentor is gone. I'm here. I'm all alone. God, where are you? And he smote the waters with that mantle. Almost like he was testing God. Like he's calling God out. Where are you? Now, he knew God was there. He'd been around Elijah enough to see God work and do make great and mighty things. But all of a sudden, he's standing on his own two feet spiritually. He's on his own. And so maybe that it was just his way of saying, where are you, God? Are you going to work with me? Are, are you going to work through me? Even though he knew that. So Elisha was Elijah's, Elijah's protege, but Elisha was really just a simple farm boy. He was out on the field plowing when here comes the prophet of God, Elijah, and he names Elisha my successor, my protege, if you will. I want you to notice that Elisha didn't flag his arms and, and holler at Elijah or nothing like that. Elijah chose Elisha. Why does God choose people, certain people? Because he's God and he can do whatever he wants. That's why we try to come up with it's because of this and it's because of that and it's because of their heart. And, it's be and that may be part of it. I don't know. But I know many people that God's chose and they did mighty things, but they still messed up. And some did mighty things and didn't mess up. So I don't know, but that's a question I have for the Lord. Why, why do you choose who you choose uh, when I do get to heaven? But for now, I just take it by faith. God uses people. God wants to use you. Will you answer the call when he calls you as he did with Elijah? Elijah said, I choose you. So when the time came for Elijah to leave uh, this old world, Elisha was bold enough, brave enough, and strong enough to ask for a double portion of the spirit that Elijah had. And listen to this. This is so important. God granted his request. Why? Because it aligned up with the will of God. And the Bible tells us when our prayers line up, when the will of God, God will answer those prayers. When our wants and our desires lines up with God's will, God will answer that. But many times, if you're honest with yourself, and I'm honest with myself, we ask God for things that are what well, is our will and not God's will. See, God looks at the big picture. He looks at the long term. And he wants to, every boy and girl, every man and woman to be saved, to have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. It's so important to him that he sent his son to die on the cross. 
And that's what he's looking at long-term. He sees across the generations over many years. And so you remember that when you pray. You remember that next time you ask for something. You see, Elijah asked, Elisha asked for a double portion. God knew that his name would be written down in the Bible, that we later, thousands of years later, would still be learning about God through Elisha. And so the power that rested on Elijah was obvious to everyone around him. Is it obvious to everyone around you that God's hand is upon you? Elisha was showing faithfulness in his home, and then he showed faithfulness in the work of God. Elisha showed fervency as he followed God's man and stuck with him to the very end until he went on to heaven, and now it's my turn. So if there's three things that I want you to get from this today, it's this. In the life of Elijah, these are three things that you can grasp today and apply to your own life. It's Elisha's faithfulness, Elisha's fervency, and Elisha's fearlessness. Well, that's a mighty combination, isn't it? And that God can use. And all those are really on us. That's not on God. Faithfulness is determined by what I do. My fervency is determined by me. My fearlessness is determined by me. And those three things are determined by you. You know, there's something that's so sacred, God himself will not touch it. And you know what it is? It's your own free will. And it's your free will that determined those three things, your faithfulness, your fervency, and your fearlessness to serve God. Now, fearlessness doesn't mean you won't have any fear. Let's just clarify that right now. Fear is the greatest hindrance in the Christian life. People are so afraid to step out on faith, so afraid to do what God has called them to do. So worried about what will happen or what brother or sister so-and-so or, or deacon this or this or that. Listen to me. You want to have a good testimony. But if God called you to it, you do it. Amen? And if God called you to it, he'll make the way. He'll open the doors. He'll send the needs. He'll do what needs to be done to get his work done. Because it's not yours and it's not about you. All you can simply do is have enough strength. Be fearless enough to step out and say, God, I am scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what people will think. I don't even know where this is going to go. But God, I trust you. And that is what I'm going to step out on. Amen? Listen to what I just said. You don't know about anything else, but you know that I trust God. And that is what I'm going to step out on. Trusting God. Not on your what you know, not on your connections or your bank account or your address or your finances or your church or whatever the case may be. But I trust God and that is what I'm standing on. And that's what it's about. Standing on the word of God. They make songs about it. Amen. There's something to be said for that. So in verse number nine of that, Elijah said unto Elijah, what shall I do? Elijah asked him, what can I do? Listen to me, senior saint, elderly lady, elderly man, elderly couple. There's really something to be said for that, for asking somebody younger or mentoring them or letting them ask you questions, giving them advice. 
because you have been there, you have done that, and more than likely you know deep down in your heart what will do them good and what will not do them harm and be honest enough to give them good advice. Elisha went to Elijah. Now, Elisha's his protege. In other words, he had spiritual authority over Elijah, but he still went to him and said, what can I do for you? Why? For was it for him? For was it for Elijah? No, it was really for the work of God. What can I do for you to help you go further in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? What can I do to help you and your family live a more godly life? What can I do to be a better mentor, to give better, whatever the case is? But Elijah asked him, what shall I do for thee before I'm gone? Take heed to that, ladies and gentlemen. That is much needed in the world and in the church today. And that's when Elisha was bold enough to ask for a double portion. It wasn't before Elijah went to him and said, what can I do for you? He never said anything until the older, the mentor, the spiritual leader went to him and said, what can I do for you? That's when Elijah said, I pray, let, let me have a double portion of what you have. Now, if you've heard of the two, the two witnesses in the Bible, we don't know who they are, but many speculate that there's probably Elijah and Moses. I dare say, I think it might be Elisha because Elisha received a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. So much so that he had so much power of God upon him. When he was died, when Elijah died, then they put him in a cave, a tomb as it would be called. They Later on, they threw another dead person, another dead man on top of him on his bones. And when that dead man touched Elijah's bones, that dead man came back to life. I dare say the power that Elijah had upon him was amazing. Amen. It most certainly is. And it's always, it's always exciting, no matter what it is. When you see something twice as big or a car twice as fast. This one's twice as fast as that one. This paycheck's twice as big as the last one. This building's twice as tall as the last one we built. It's always exciting, whatever it is, right? To see something that's just twice as big. But imagine having twice the amount of power. Not just any power, but twice the amount of power of God's power upon your life. And that would excite every Christian. No telling what God could do with you when we're totally sold out for him. And let me just say this. The more that you're sold out for God, the more you're going to have to deny yourself. The more that you want to do for God, the more that you're going to have to deny your own wants. The more that you're sold out for God, the more the devil is going to attack. The more that you're sold out for God, the more pride you're going to have to get rid of. Because pride is useless and it's no good and it's a negative thing in the Christian life. Now, I don't mean pride like I'm proud of my son or I'm proud of my wife or I'm proud of my... I'm talking about pride in yourself. Pride being this kind of pride. I'm better than them. I'm smarter than them. I make more money than them. 
I got it. Whatever that kind of pride that is hurtful, that is harmful, and that's selfish pride. And that selfish pride is the destroyer of all good things. Selfish pride has destroyed so many marriages. Selfish pride has destroyed so many families and destroyed so many relationships. And I'll go a step further. Selfish pride has destroyed so many churches and so many Christian organizations because it causes nothing but division in whatever case it is. A marriage, a home, a church, a business. Selfish pride is the destroyer of all good things. Amen. The Bible says the more that you humble yourself, the more that God will raise you up. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Do you mean the more I humble myself, the more that God will lift you up? Absolutely. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourself in the mighty hand of God and he shall exalt thee. And listen to me. When God lifts you up, no man can hold you down because it's God doing it and it's not yourself. So that we clearly see several aspects in the life of Elijah that, that we can emulate in our own life. And as I've mentioned those three things, faithfulness, fervency, and fearlessness. Fervency is the amount of intensity with which you do something. Uh, for a man, intensity would be whether you're doing a bench press or taking off in your truck or your, your, your sports car, the harder you mass that gas that's the more intensity that you're putting into it. Uh, if I had to explain it to my wife, I would say it like this. Intensity would be if you're cleaning something, the harder you mash down on it, the more work you put into it. That's the intensity of it. And that's up to me and that's up to you, ladies and gentlemen, of how much intensity, how much fervency that I have in my walk for the Lord. That faithfulness. And we know 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. So he, being Elijah, departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And the Bible asks that rhetorical question, a faithful man who can find? Most men will proclaim every one of his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? Proverbs 20, verse 6. Faithful to who? Faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the Lord. Is your heart faithful? Amen. Is your heart in the right place? It's very difficult to find one someone who is is whole who is totally and fully and wholly dedicated and sold out to what he or she believes in and is faithful to. Meaning when nobody's around, they don't have no supervision, they're, they're going to be completely sold out and working hard on whatever that is. And I hear it today all the time. It's so hard to find employees. It's so hard to find somebody that'll just do their job. It's so hard to find good people, and they're right. And that, you know what that is? People have got no fervency. They got no faithfulness in that job. They really don't care about it. They want the paycheck. Listen to me. They want the paycheck, but they don't really want to show up to do the work. And listen to me, Christian. We want the blessings of God, but we don't want to show up to do the work. Amen to that. I'm guilty of that. You're guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. We want God's blessings like that person. They want the paycheck, but I don't want to have to show up on time. I don't want to have to work too hard. I don't want to have to. I got to have a work-life balance. I got to have a break between nine and 10. I got to. 
Just be thankful for what God wants to use you before. Be thankful you got a job, amen? And put all that you have into it. This is a side note, and I'll throw this in for free. It's something I've told my kids, that if you will just show up, shut up, and do your job, you've beat out 85 to 90% of the people out there, the employees out there. Those three things, if you show up on time, do your job, and keep your mouth shut, you've beat out 90% of the, your competition. That's all you got to do. Those three things, you ain't even got to be magical or great or amazingly smart. Those three things anybody can do, show up, Shut up and do your job. I mean, you will beat out most. And that, I can apply that to a Christian life. And I, I know that's not very upscale said, but it, it's still true. If we just do our job for the Lord faithfully each and every day. Amen. So Elisha was one of the faithful men. And the Bible teaches us that he... Or she who is faithful in a little will be faithful in much. And that's certainly the case for a life of Elijah. Listen to what that says. Those who are faithful in little will be faithful in much. Now, the best way I know to explain that is we're going to be in eternity way longer than we're going to spend in this lifetime, right? This lifetime, if you live, let's say, 100 years, you are old. If you live to be 120 years old, they might put you in, in a book somewhere. But that's nothing in the light of eternity. And what we do in this life will affect what goes on through eternity. So let's put that in perspective. If you knew the next 24 hours, the way that you lived and every decision you made and everything that you did and every word that you said and everything that you ate and everybody that you talked to was going to affect the rest of your life and lay out the rest of your life, the next 24 hours that you live and how you live it is going to lay out the rest of your life for you. Do I dare say you would live the next 24 hours on your best, at your best. You may not even sleep because you'll go, I want to get all out of it that I can get out of it. Now, Christian, put that into your life because 24 hours is nothing. A lifetime is nothing when compared to eternity. And what we do in this lifetime, ladies and gentlemen, what we do will echo and ring and affect me and you throughout eternity. And when I look at it that way, because we can't understand eternity, you might think you can, you might even have a definition for it, but the truth is everything in our life has a beginning and an end. As the day it was made and the day it went to the recycle bin, amen, the day it was born and the day it dies. So for us, eternity is just something that is almost unfathomable. But yet, our lives will lay out eternity for us. What decisions we make, how that we live, where that we go, what we do will affect eternity and how it will be for me and how it will be for you. So you, if you're faithful and little, the Bible says you'll be faithful in much. And that's in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. I'll read it to you. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Jesus is faithful to save people when they realize they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And they put their faith and their trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, when they asked him for forgiveness 
and to come into their heart and save you. Amen. Jesus is faithful to change lives. Let us too be faithful in the work for the Lord. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.